welcome to episode 81 of Shades Midweek, where we have conversations about theology, culture, and all things Shades. I am in Four Stream Studios, as always, joined my, by my companions in arms, John Mark DeRoe and Jonathan Hayes. How are you fellas doing on this lovely, lovely morning i'll tell you how i'm doing i've got a hoodie on right now and i'm feeling great and i may just i may just keep it on all day long oh that's so good just feeling good yeah did you get a little pumpkin spice in the in the coffee this morning uh i do have some pumpkin beer at home so i don't know if i'm allowed to say (laughs) that on this podcast well did you drink that this morning i did not (laughs) okay Trying to cut back on yeah, my yeah, morning okay. alcohol. Oh okay, my yeah. gosh! Consumption. I, I am doing fantastic, guys, uh, because I'm doing even better than I was. You last sound week. better. Yes, yes. I'm so I'm so excited about that. My energy levels are are coming back and all that. So I'm actually going to be present for the entire podcast today. Praise yes. God. Yes. I'm so excited about that. Yeah. But I'm excited about that, and I'm also excited for the same reason as you guys. Oh, that, honey. Is that, right. honey. Is that Holly? Right. It is sweater weather. Is that Holly? Who is sweater that? Sweater weather. weather. Oh, man. That's that's some SNL legends right there. Some sweater weather. It does just make you feel good. So it does. Yeah, I mean, I feel like everybody's trying to go to Starbucks right now, and like you were saying, and get yeah. that pumpkin, whatever. Yeah, well, and that. I feel like the sun just shines differently. Does anyone know the science behind that? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it definitely sets a little sooner. Okay. So there is that. Yeah, maybe it's just a different location. And I would location. assume that in the morning... No, I mean, I feel like it always ri- rises in the uh, the east and sets in the west. I, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to use my heater in my car this morning, and that made me happy. Um, but guys, I can't help but feel like we are sounding so much like old old men right now. Sweater weather. We're yeah. just. Having a big conversation about the weather. Yeah, just embrace it. Uh, let's well, it's, it means football is here. Football's I mean, it, it, in the it, air. It signifies so many things. You know, I went into Walmart the other night, and I, I'm just going to tell you guys something Go real ahead. quick. I wasn't planning on sharing this, but I went into Walmart the other night. It was about 9 or 9.30. had to get a gift for uh, Moses' teacher. It was her birthday, and I was walking around, and I decided we're going to decorate for Halloween. That's what we're gonna do this wow. year. So I bought a Halloween inflatable, some some pumpkin inflatables. I got some orange lights. Uh, I got some yard stakes, like a little ghost and some things like that. I'm oh just my excited. Goodness. What I'm did so what did Ashley say when you came home with she all this stuff? A, she wanted it. She wanted it. Yep. She Amazing. wanted it. Amazing. So uh, we're gonna be decorating for Halloween soon. I'm super pumped. We already got the kids' Halloween costumes. Wow. You're gonna, wow. You're, you're going to turn into like the, the house that's across the street from me. Those people go crazy. <laughs> do, a, do a haunted house, maybe? They go nuts. I've already seen people decorating their houses for Halloween, at least in Bluff Park. I don't know where about where you guys live, but uh, I, pretty wild. I haven't, but also I just haven't. We normally put out yet. a pumpkin. <laughs> that's good. For Halloween. Oh. Well, well speaking of Halloween, <laughs> do we have an email, John Mark? The email corridor. What a what a transition there, Brad. All right, Grand Primo, Grand Primo Esquire. Oh, goodness, wrote in our legal team. I love it when Grant writes in. He says, uh, "Well, this the uh, title of the email is Donda, 
which is Kanye West's new record, which was featured on JM's album. Are we week. about to have another 30-minute conversation? <laughs> about, I'm just kidding. All right, dear we, let's, dear let's Shades hear. Midweek, I'm well aware that when people see me, the first thing, first thing they think is, man, this guy looks like a true rap and hip-hop aficionado. I, I mean, think, that's what I thought. I think that's sarcasm. Normally, I would eschew such stereotyping, but in this case, looks are not deceiving. I do love rap. It's probably because I went to an inner-city public school where I learned as much country grammar as regular grammar. That's an allusion to the record Nelly released in 2000 for The Uneducated. Oh, yeah, who's recently in a Burger King commercial. Yeah, Grant, just so you know, when I read this email, I, I felt insulted that you felt the need to tell us where that came from. Oh, this for the youngsters. Did y'all know that song? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I went to public school, too, but yeah. Country grammar. <laughs> Let me tell you, you haven't lived until you've heard a high school marching band play Diddy, formerly known as Puffy, formerly known as Puff Daddy's Bad Boy for Life, <laughs> after your team just scored the winning touchdown over County High. So uh, I'm getting a really nice peek into his high school. Yeah, it's really uh, nice getting to know Grant. Yeah. But enough of that digression. I've been really enjoying Kanye's new album, Donda, that JM featured as his album of the week on the last show. Kanye and his music and people's reaction to his music and my own reaction to him slash his music has been so interesting over the last few years. I've been a Kanye fan since his college dropout days, an album which, like Donda, was delayed multiple times and changed after an early version leaked but was really skeptical when I heard he was releasing Jesus is King until I listened to it. I, I do agree. I do agree, Grant. Uh, for any other Shades Midweek listeners who are rap fans, Dale seems like he would be open to rap, but I don't know. Dale Anton. Uh, I love the fact that people who email in are communicating with each other, <laughs> not Dale, by emailing each other, but just um, through the show. Through us, vicariously through the show. That's, that's what it's all about here. It's a, com- it's a real community. Yeah, the midweek yeah. community no is doubt. strong and vibrant. I would recommend, uh, Grant says, I would recommend Toby Noigwe. I don't know if I'm saying his last name right, but I try my best. Um, Toby is a super creative rapper out of Houston who has a lot of Christian themes in his music. He grew up Catholic, and almost all of his songs deal with faith on some level. Like Kanye, he has a very distinct and definite style and vision that he carries out himself in his music and overall aesthetic. He produces his own videos with his wife and friend, Nail, who produces all his music. And then he sent us some YouTube links for uh, some of his favorite songs. So someone actually sent me um, uh, a track by this Toby... Uh, rapper and I did not listen to it, but I've I've seen a I've seen a lot. <laughs> if you, I wish you just would have ended there. Just ended there would have been great. Um, but I'm definitely interested to check that out. Grant was actually telling me about uh, that artist backstage at church uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago. So I'm definitely interested. Thank you for writing in. I'm glad you enjoyed Donda. Um, I'm not a huge rap hip-hop guy oh really i'm not i mean i yeah i i dabble yeah yeah i dabble yeah we all do i think a little bit yeah yeah okay. no i would put myself in that that same category um but i feel like we've been talking a lot about <laughs> hip-hop and rap lately between <laughs> dales as experts yes. email yes. grants con- have you have you looked up uh this guy you just mentioned toby i i just went and and looked uh on apple music and was adding a couple of albums just to check him out and mm. listen. But one interesting thing, I don't know if you noticed this. Uh-huh. Uh, almost all, not all, I just found one that's not. But the first three albums I clicked on 
all of the tracks are in mm-hmm. all caps. Okay. It's an interesting choice there. Mm. I but feel like he has this album uh that I just added called it's it's from 2020 and it's called The Pandemic Experience. Or no, The Pandemic Project. Sounds like, like fun. I don't know if I want to go through the pandemic experience. <laughs> well, that I said that because there's a live version of it yeah. called the pandemic experience oh, okay. live global broadcast. All so, right, off to check yeah, out. There was there was a joke going around yeah. about Justin Timberlake's record, the 2020 experience, and they're like, "What a <laughs> letdown, <laughs> JT." <laughs> oh, oh, well, wow. well, thank speaking you, of Grant, yeah, for, thanks, Grant, for emailing in. Yeah, write in to midweek at shadesvalley.org. Yeah. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you. We'll read your email on the show. Well, Talk, speaking of all this music, see, I wanted to beat you to it. Ah, <laughs> you oh. punk. James album of the. You just wanted to make up for your last transition. <laughs> All right. Have you guys heard of Big Red Machine? I have not. Talking about a fire truck? What are you talking about? <laughs> I have not. Uh, the band is named after the nickname for the dominant 1970s Cincinnati Reds baseball teams. Oh, I feel like Jonathan, you should have known yeah. that. Which won the 1976 World Series. Guys, yes, I'm a baseball fan, but unfortunately, I am I have tunnel vision with my baseball fan. I feel like Andrew... That means that you should have knowledge about the 1970s. You, you could have been yeah. ashamed of me if it was Braves trivia. But even then, Cincinnati I'm not... I feel like best. Andrew would probably know something like that. Yeah, he'd, he'd probably, probably be like, would. oh, yeah, yeah, I know all about it. And then he'd start talking about the players and stuff. Yeah. Um, Big Red Machine is a collaboration between the musicians that you guys may be familiar with, Aaron Dessner of The National and Justin Vernon, also known as Bonnie Vare. Um, oh. And uh, this is a side project that they've done. Uh, they first put out a record, I believe it was in 2018. 2018 was their first record, yep, uh, which was titled Big Red Machine. Okay, the which, album which that is I'm, in my library, so somebody's told me about them at some point. It's very good, and the album that I'm featuring today is their second collaboration that came out in 2021. It is titled "How Long Do You Think It's Gonna Last?" And um, this <laughs> no can't read into that at all. Right, right. Um, so I've been listening to this record some. Uh, you guys may be familiar with a few of the uh, collaborators on this record. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, people like Ben Howard, Sharon Van Etten, Lisa Hannigan, Taylor Swift, Fleet Foxes. Uh, Fleet I know. Foxes. Um, so there's a lot of collaborations on this record. I've been enjoying it. Um, it definitely has that Justin Vernon flair all over it. So I'm going to play couple of uh, clips for you guys. This song's called Mimi. Some good vibes. They got a cool fall vibe. If you plan on asking me anything about the lyrics, I can't tell you because I can never understand what he's saying ever. (laughs) And that's what makes it so good. Here's another track called Reese. There's a lot of drum loops on this record. That's what makes me able to listen to his music while I study. Yeah, it becomes becomes another part of the uh, instrumentation. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you're 
you're right, Brad. This is like a good fall record. Yeah. It actually came out like a few months ago, but it sits really well right now with this weather. I feel like I feel like a little bit of like national photos. I feel like I should be well, driving. Well, guys from the national. Oh yeah. Here in Denver. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. 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 Like fall music. Yes, but I feel like I should be taking like a fall drive. Well, yeah. I love what it. Here, yes, it's just blowing up. He's everywhere. What's up? Everybody just wants to collaborate. Do you want to hear some of the? Do you want to hear That's a clip crazy. of the isn't, Taylor Swift? Isn't his brother on the National as well? Yes. Do you think he deals with jealousy or? <laughs> well, let's let's invite him on the show. A re- all, reveal all. This is the I track do, with T Swizzle. I do have I to say, these are my least favorite night. tracks the on this record. Of you was jagged and weak. She just brings that pop aesthetic. Like it's yep. just instant. It's yeah. like her melodies, the way that she sings it, the way that her vocals produced. It's uh, it brings that aesthetic. Whereas the the other tracks are way more uh, indie and alternative. I mean, that's uh, that's the only way that. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. the kind of the easy way I could wow. describe it. But definitely check out that record. I've really been enjoying it. Um, there there is kind of a fun story. I'm not going to get into it behind Big Red Machine, but apparently the collaboration started on MySpace. In 2008, well, that's you, that's how the actual collaboration started, and then they didn't start putting out records until you know almost a decade later. Decade oh wow, later, so. um, yeah, pretty cool. Cool, good stuff. Big uh, Red Machine. I wanted I wanted to mention this real quick. This yes, is somewhat do. unrelated. Please, um, that's okay. So I know a lot of uh, having fun this morning. <laughs> everybody, it, it seems either uses Apple Music or Spotify, and I think the majority of people probably use Spotify. But I know you guys, you guys both have Apple Music access and all that. Yes. Um, I was curious if y'all noticed this update um, that they're doing with the album artwork. Where it uh, moves. Yeah, a lot okay. of the album artwork now is animated, uh, okay. especially on a lot of the newer stuff. I don't know. It's just I noticed it when I pulled up this record that you just mentioned. It's just it's it's a really cool new little feature. Well, um, have you seen what Spotify does with each song? No, I don't have Spotify. I'm, so it sounds like they're trying to do some similar ideas because Spotify, when you pull up the song, it has like a six second, almost like a GIF. Ah, yeah, yeah. And it's like something that the artist has created specifically for that song. And cool. um, so there's like little six second loop things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Apple Music has been doing something really interesting that I'd like to look into more with uh, some of the sound aspects of it, like some of the sound engineering. It's called like uh, Dolby Atmos. Yeah, They've yeah, been doing yeah, like yeah. crazy mm-hmm. stereo like uh, releases of albums and stuff that uh, like apparently some of the Beatles stuff just sounds incredible. Um, so I, the streaming services are trying to compete. Yeah. I first noticed the album Lo- stuff. Lossless, Apple, Apple Digital Master, like all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. I first noticed the album artwork with, with this Lord Huron yeah. one that you mentioned and it, yeah. it kind of does this funky stuff every now and then. Yeah. Um, but... Anyway, well, well, sweet. I will. I will tell everyone for James' album of the week. Like I mentioned a few weeks ago, there are some really good records about to drop. I mean, we're. I'm just going to be backed up with albums <laughs> wow. here soon. Just going to do I'm four so albums excited. an episode. I'm just so pumped. So, Brad, 
take us to your book club. Do you actually meet with people? Like, do you guys talk about the book ever? Yeah, what's the club aspect of this? You know, we're still... It doesn't really seem like much of a club. <laughs> we're still trying to figure out what Bradford's book club is, what we have oh before God. us, and what it can be. So I don't want to reveal anything yet about who we are and what we're trying to do as a movement. Fair. As but a, I do have a book. You know, you one know, thing I was a, thinking it's is... It's not a club now. It's a movement. Now that it's the fall, do you wow. think Do you think we could have a little fire crackling in the background as I'm talking about yeah. the book? Give oh me a, give just me something just a little... Just give me one moment and I'll get something for you. Something that kind of sets that scene. Get I, the, uh, I picture myself in a room just go with to, walls that are just dark mahogany. Go to YouTube and get the 10-hour loop of uh, Ron Swanson drinking Lagavulin in front of the fireplace. Okay, this is like a forest fire. That's well, what this, this feels like. This is more like. of like a warm evening campfire, so we're outside. I don't want to be outside. I want to be in a <laughs> It in feels an good outside. With no. dark mahogany. Okay, in well, office. I do have a book, a book that I'm very excited about. The book is edited by Ivan Mesa. The title of the book is Before You Lose Your Faith, subtitled Deconstructing Doubt in the church and there is a bunch of different contributors Trevin Wax, Brett McCracken who we referenced in the Terrence Malick podcast on Tree of Life Karen Swallow Pryor she's great, Derek Wishmaui who I've had the opportunity to meet Joshua Ryan Butler who's a pastor, prolific author so let me just read a little bit from the back cover I'm deconstructing, period Yet another social media... <laughs> you turn off the fire. It's so I thought an- you really wanted it's it. It's so annoying. Ah, it's not what I envisioned. It's not I'm what I envisioned. going to fire pit with you. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Let me start over. Yet another social media post announces departure from the Christian faith. The cause could be sex, race, <gasps> politics, social justice, science, hell, or all the above. For many, Christianity is becoming implausible even impossible to believe. While it may be tempting to leave the church in order to find answers, before you lose your faith argues that church should be the best place to deal with doubts. Love that. Amen. This book shows deconstructing need not end in unbelief. In fact, deconstructing can be the road towards reconstructing, building up a more mature, robust faith that grapples honestly with the deepest questions of Life. So I thought I could just read a few chapter titles. There's three parts in the book. It starts out with deconstruct deconstruction, which is great. I love that. Then deconstruct the issues, and then finally reconstruct faith. So some really interesting chapters. So Brett McCracken, Greg, <clears throat> Brett McCracken writes, deconversion is not as countercultural as you think. Then. Hunter Beaumont writes, don't deconstruct, disenculturate instead. Interesting. Then in part two, you have sex, telling a better story. Race, is Christianity a white man's religion? Politics, just servant, tyrannical master. 
and social justice break up or break through. Another one, hell, skeleton in God's closet, question mark. That's Joshua Ryan Butler, who's written a book titled Skeletons in God's Closet. And then finally, reconstruct, embrace true belonging in the church and ending with take a hard look at Jesus. So I would recommend this to anyone, college students. Maybe you're beginning to ask some questions for the first time in your faith. I think this book could be a helpful guide. I think this would be a great book for a college small group to go through, to meet and to discuss. Maybe you're someone that has a friend that's talked to you about some of these issues. You haven't known how to respond. Obviously, this book isn't going to have all the answers, but it can be a helpful guide as you talk with a friend, a family member, maybe a spouse as they're asking some some questions about the faith. So before you lose your faith, Deconstructing Doubt in the Church, check it out. It's a pretty cheap book. When did that come out again? Did you say it was came this, out in, this year and published this 1878. year? 1878. Oh um, no, it came out wow. in 2021. Yeah, I thought it was 2021. So that's, hot off the press. That's well, one of my favorite recommendations that you've made. I, I really want to get that. Wow. And I also think just talking out loud, and then Jonathan, I know you wanted to say something. Uh, we should just do an episode talking about deconstruction because I feel like, especially like recently. Uh, you know, there's been like lots of podcasts and things that came out really centered on like faith deconstruction, particularly within Christianity. Right. Um, it's opened up a lot of conversations. And um, so I just think it would be a good topic to talk about. I feel like it's been a pretty. And then you have like, obviously, you have like well known uh, evangelical Christians that have come out and, and renounced their faith or have gone through like kind of a more public deconstruction deconstruction. And so it would just be interesting to maybe discuss some of that stuff. It could be cool. Yeah. We can definitely have a, a conversation about it. Um, uh, <coughs> on the podcast, sorry, excuse me with the coughing. Um, if, if you don't want to wait for us to have that conversation, um, we did talk about these things a little, uh, uh, a little bit. If you go back to episodes, uh, to episode six oh, wow. in particular, yeah. Uh, wow. The title of that episode is Deconversion, so we didn't right. use the, the uh, name, yes. name Deconstruction. but yep. uh, And that was right after uh, Joshua Harris had made his big announcement and Marty Sampson had made his announcement. Um, right, yeah. And so we talked about it, – it's entitled Deconversion and Deserted Islands. Um, I don't know oh, if y'all yeah, remember we, what we yeah, talked about we, that couple that got stranded. Story. Yeah. And then the next I wonder if they're still there. <laughs> and then the next episode – uh, episode seven, we kind of continued that conversation a little bit. It's titled uh, Celebrity Christianity, a Eulogy. Right. And we talked right. about some of the problems with celebrity Christianity and all of that. So if you don't want to wait for us to have another conversation, that might tide you over a little bit. Uh, yeah. But yeah, we can definitely, definitely talk about it some more. And all Maybe that we could have one of the uh, contributors to this book on the podcast. That would be very cool. I will mm-hmm. say... Uh, my, as I'm a huge Andy Squires fan, he's been doing all these posts on Instagram. He's like putting together a book right now that he actually announced is coming out in November, the first volume that he's wow. going to put out. But he did a post the other day uh, called titled "It's Okay If You Don't Deconstruct," and uh, so go check that out on Instagram. I'm not going to read it here. I'm wow. just going to point people to it. Yeah. We'll have well, to get Andy on Bradford's book club as well. <laughs> that'd be cool. I think we could get Andy Squires. So. I know somebody that knows him now. So, all right, yeah. Try. You've heard it here. A promise. Well, we've had uh, <laughs> we've had Colin Hansen 
and and I imagine he knows all or most he of the probably the knows all of So, <laughs> yeah. Colin, you can look forward to us trying to use our relationship with you as much as possible. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> we would never do that. But uh, no, the the only other thing I was going to say about what's nice about a, a book one a book like this is when you have these books that there's a bunch of contributors with every uh, author and all this, this is not a book that you have to sit down and read start to finish. No. So, yeah, you can literally, like, go in whatever order you want to. So if you're if you're struggling or thinking through these different issues, like, it's a great book for you to pick up because you can literally go straight to the thing that you have had the most questions about yeah, and, totally. and just start there. So, And I also love that they have footnotes, not endnotes. In oh. a little short book like this, you don't always find that. Yeah, it's true. In notes, I'll say it. In notes are from the devil. Yeah, they should be banished. Yeah, now in, in Christian settings, I'm I'm willing to die on this hill. There are some people that are like, "What are they even talking about?" Right now? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this Sunday we are celebrating the 30th anniversary of Shades. Um, we actually had a lot of huge plans to do several episodes leading up to this Sunday, and then obviously with Jonathan was out with COVID, it's it sort of we had to move a lot of interviews around sorry Um, y'all i feel like i'm gonna be apologizing (laughs) for this for a long time it's not your fault jonathan it's not your fault um and so uh we have a great episode planned for today and then i think next week we've got a great interview lined up to kind of help celebrate uh the 30th anniversary but i don't know about you guys but i'm very excited about this sunday um there's gonna be I feel like there's going to be a lot of people here that haven't been here in a while, and yeah. so we're very the, excited. The weather is supposed to be awesome, yeah. so I'm praying that holds and stays true. But uh, the one thing we do recommend if you're coming this Sunday uh, is to bring an umbrella just in case. Because even if it's like a perfect 70 degrees, if the sun is bearing down it on us. It sneaks up on you. Yeah, it does, and, and an umbrella It'll makes a big you. difference. But the service is at 9 and then after the service, we're doing a picnic in the park right across the street at Patriot Park. You can go yep. pick up your lunch or bring your lunch or whatever. Bring yard games, all that kind of stuff. We're just going to hang out and have a great time. So I'm super excited uh, about it. I'm super excited about our interview today, which, by the way, yes. uh, we there was an interview done last week that John, Mark, and Brad did. Yes. And if you didn't get a chance to go listen to that, highly recommend you go back. They interviewed John Hudson and uh, and talked a lot about shades purchase of the facility we have the design all that kind of stuff so much fun yeah john shared a lot of great stories there were several that i had not heard or or pieces of info that i didn't know um but today what we're gonna do is interview some longtime members of shades valley community church and i am very excited and i hope you enjoy our interview So we are really excited today on Shades Midweek to have with us two, uh, is, is it okay Old to say people? long time, is it okay to say long time <laughs> members? Really? No, no, we have, we have with us the infamous uh, and notorious and I don't know what other, you got something else to throw on there, Brad? Wise. The wise. Ooh, I like that one. Yeah. Park Stallcup. <laughs> And Caroline Grant, thank you all so much for being here. Brad is actually having to do the the producer thing uh, because we have a limited number of microphones. And, <laughs> nope, that's not the right one. I was looking for I the applause. The, I meant to do the hand clap. There it is. Yeah, we <laughs> it's got a my, It's my first day on the job. It's our audience. Yeah, JM is in here and he is running all things in the in the studio yep. back there. Say our hey, producer. Say hey, JM. Hey. 
I don't know if you heard that or not. Anyway, but uh, so Shades turns 30. And the way we arrived at this date, just so you know, is this is the official incorporation. It's when Shades was incorporated. So I don't know like that it's when the exact first meeting happened, but it's all going to be right there around the same time. So the actual birthday is tomorrow. Oh. The anniversary is tomorrow. Cool. That would have uh, been a good trivia question. Oh, sorry. Okay. September 24th, 1991 wow. is when Shades was uh, officially incorporated. And we're going to celebrate on Sunday with a big service and picnic yep. in the park and all that kind of thing. But leading up to it, uh, we've wanted to do a couple of podcast episodes uh, to celebrate 30 years. And so what we thought would be fun would be to to bring in some, some longtime members to... Uh, I don't know, just like relive the glory days. That's right. <laughs> Let's do that. Just talk about yeah. Shades, history, stories, all that kind of stuff. This is really going to be stream of consciousness. Yeah, just like if we were at dinner. We have almost no plan. We're <laughs> flying blind. Yeah. So, so this is your opportunity to say whatever you <laughs> oh want. Okay. Well, perhaps we could just start with um, like what year you came to Shades and okay. how you ended up here. Okay. So I'm, I'm Park. I'll go first. Um, I came the very first week of January 1995. It was the first time that I ever showed up. Awesome. And so we like were meeting. Three and a half. Yeah, we were meeting at Shades Valley High School. How'd you hear at about the time. Shades? Well, my dad had done Young Life in Birmingham. And so I actually knew about Shades Valley before I ever came here. But there was also another couple that was here, Colin, Susan, Justice. And they were friends of mine from Huntsville, and they're, they know my parents and everything. And so the very first um, Sunday after Jeff and I graduated in December of 94. He from the University his, of Alabama, roll, right? Roll, roll Tide, roll. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, then <laughs> we came the it's very okay. first Sunday. It's okay. Sunday. Caroline will balance that out. That's right. Yeah. She'll balance that out. A little war eagle. Um, there we go. Yeah, there you go. Um, and so uh, Don Newell, who was the associate pastor at the time, um, he helped me move into my apartment that first week of January. And then Jeff and his brother had also moved here. We were just dating at the time. And so that's the first time I ever came. Awesome. I have more questions mm-hmm. and all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But uh, so Caroline, tell us about your first time and how you ended up at Shades. Okay. Well, I was thinking... My first time is actually before we were incorporated. I That's awesome. Ah. Because we came the week after we got back from our honeymoon. We were married June 1st, 1991. Wow. So um, I could have come before that by myself, but being the um, oh-so-extroverted person, not. <laughs> I wanted to wait until Mike. Mike was working um, a security job, and he worked at night. So anyhow, he... Wait, wait, wait. Mike Grant was working a security job? He was. He was in school for computer science. So he was working at nights and going to school during the day. It's one of my favorite things That's about amazing. doing this kind of stuff. Like, I just. Who knew? Ne- you yeah, never know. Never in a million years. You never years know what you're going to hear. What I've said, Mike Grant, security job. That's fantastic. That's true. No gun or anything. <laughs> just, just him a flashlight. And he was thank, thank the Lord. Probably all of 150 pounds. Right. That's what I'm picturing in my head. So, yeah. Well, anyway. Um, but he was friends with the original pastor. Okay. And yeah. so he was on board from the beginning. But again, like I said, we waited until we could come together. And that's really how we came here. He just, he had several friends, several friends from, um, Covenant, mm-hmm. uh, came along with him. So I joined in 
because I was married to him. So. Right, <laughs> right. That's all. So here from like negative couple months. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's awesome. Yes. Not too long after they had stopped meeting in a house. Okay, so so where was the first non-house meeting location? Do you remember? It was. I may ask you things that you may be like, I don't remember, and that's fine. You can just it make was it in up. The, um, it was in the office building that's near uh, Dimitri's. I don't remember the name of the office I know building. where Dimitri's is, yeah. It, it was a, um, it, after we left, it turned into a gym. Okay. But I can't remember what the little roads are, but it was just right there. Um, yeah, right there in the middle of uh, downtown home. Well, you know, down by Dimitri's and TCBY and all that. Mm-hmm. So you come and uh, Park, you came and it was in Shades Valley High School. Mm-hmm. Caroline, all right, I'm really going to test oh, your no. memory here. <laughs> Can you remember everywhere Shades met before they landed at Shades Valley High School? Like, can you get us up to that point? I think so. We Well, we met in the um, building that I was talking about. Then we went to Shades Valley High School. Then I believe we yeah like we came left after the Shades first Valley move. High School yeah. and yeah. came back we we so we oh, yeah. we went to Shades Valley High School and then I can't remember if we went back to our original spot or not but then we went to um, the place on uh, West Oxmore mm-hmm. we were there and that we were there for a long time like. I don't, years are horrible for me, mm-hmm. but we, th- that was our permanent spot until we decided we wanted to move. And then we went to a Methodist church on Lakeshore that isn't meeting anymore. Do you remember? Yeah, the there's that? a school there now. Okay. And then we came here. Mm-hmm. So the place on West Oxmoor, is that what everybody refers to as the warehouse? The warehouse. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So in my pastoral experience, sometimes when you change things, People don't like that. <laughs> so how were all these moves? How did people respond to all these moves? Do y'all remember? I mean, Shades Valley High School was literally falling apart around us. There were ceiling tiles that oh, would yeah. fall. Yeah, that building's not there anymore, is no, it? No, it's Didn't not. They, like, and they had, it? yeah, because they were building a new high school, they quit fixing things in it. Uh, and we also had to set up every week for the classrooms and then take down. And so I don't think anybody was real sad about leaving there. No. But no, not at all. <laughs> it was intended to be temporary. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, for a while we hopped around. We met at Hall Kent for a little while. Oh, I did right? forget about for that. A, but there, it was all Maybe kind of between, between. It was between the warehouse and here where we are now. And so gotcha. we were at that church. That is like what you were saying, West Lakeshore. Is that where yeah, it was? Down, West Lakeshore. Right, Lakeshore down. And then Hawkins. And then for a few weeks, we also were at a place near where Mike lived up in um, Hoover, near Bluff Park, but not in Bluff Park. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I don't remember that. Shades Valley met in Hoover at one point? Well, it was. I have not heard it was this. Just a few weeks. I think it all had to do with. Well, we had all those code issues with the building, but. Um, <laughs> It was like a weird, and we met at night, and it was just for a oh, month or I so. Totally, that was at that church that um, has the um, Messianic Jewish uh, yeah. congregation. It's okay. right right off Alfred That's, Avenue yeah. for just a very short, gotcha. four to six weeks. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever okay. drive to the wrong place, just not even thinking about it? <laughs> oh, yeah, I did. I did, because I worked there doing all kinds of random things throughout the years, and so I'd just be on autopilot over to the warehouse. So. Right. Because the warehouse, like, other than this facility, the warehouse was the place it was for the longest period, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you remember the years? 
for the warehouse ish. Um, I have to think about children. That's hard. I was more how many years is kind of what I was thinking. I was wondering how many years uh, Shades like was there. Gosh, it doesn't matter. It's a very non-important well, I question. Know, <laughs> I I feel like we went there before. I had kids or right around when I had Noah. Cause I don't think Noah was ever in a class anywhere or even had the opportunity. Noah is now 22. How long have we been? We've been here for 15 years. I know because we came when the twins were born. And so I guess, I don't know, maybe like eight, eight years there. Something yeah, like that. Something like that. <laughs> and we, we had two storefronts for a while and then we expanded to three mm-hmm. storefronts at that gotcha. warehouse. And so we, we were there for a while. Gotcha. So maybe let me start with Caroline and then go to Park. So Caroline, what were your first impressions of Shades Valley? <laughs> so where the meeting was happening by Dimitri's, right? Yes. When you first came? Okay. Yes. So you walk in. What are some of your memories? Well, really quickly, I'm curious, wh- what kind of church did you grow up in? Like, like with Presbyterian, uh, Baptist? I Grew up kind of in a method. My my mother was Methodist. Okay, we didn't go to church a lot, but I sure. did. Um, I did go. It was to Canterbury Methodist. Gotcha. Um, I was just curious. So that's what I grew up. I was just curious to. what standard you were going to be comparing. <laughs> oh gosh. your shades experience to. <laughs> yeah, it was okay. All right, yeah. so now back to Brad's question. Yeah, first impressions of shades. Well, I. <laughs> I knew that the shades was gonna. It was set up to be sort of like a young life. Um, it meeting. all comes back to so, you. So <laughs> lots of music, lots of enthusiasm. It was not supposed to be real deep on the teaching. It was sort of light on the teaching designed to draw people in. Seeker friendly. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. very casual. Just, I mean, still just like today. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, you know, people were definitely like cut off shorts and very young. Very like I've always been an older person at Shades Valley, no Nin- matter when I started at Shades 91, Valley. 91, I'm thinking like cut off blue jean shorts and flannel. That's, mm-hmm, this is just, what's in yeah. my mind right mm-hmm. here. Um, so I so was wait, now you say you were an older person at that point. Mm-hmm. You just got married. How old were you? 20? I was 28. And um, older I promise you, we were, I was, there were a few older than me. There's always, there always were a few. It's going to be a lot less now. <laughs> but we, like Mike was an elder when he was like 30, because, which at the time, you know, he was the... He was an elder as comparatively the, to the rest of the population. Were, they, there was nobody to be more elder. Right, um, sure. So we were just, we've always just been part of the older crowd, <laughs> which seems weird. But I was a little apprehensive about Chase mm. because if you don't know, I'm relatively conservative and, you know quiet and this it was all supposed to be loud and meet and greet and I was kind of going along because Mike wanted to go to Shades Valley right, so right, I was sure. like all right I didn't have a home church I had lived in Texas for a while and had just moved back and was church shopping when I met him so um anyway I was kind of along for the ride really <laughs> <laughs> gotcha all right Park now now Really quickly, before we get to your first impressions, because it's going to be a couple of years later, mm-hmm. and I imagine Shades wasn't uh, Shades would be a little different by the time you arrived, right? Or was it still the same? Um, 
it was a little different, but we literally came in kind of after a lot of things fell apart. And so Mike had not been there long, long very long at all. And, um, and so some things I think were a little bit different, but it was still like the music and Ro- Roger mm-hmm. up there playing on, you know, like it was definitely more of a seeker friendly, like loud music and, and there were still, there still were a lot had of Still kind of that people. Young Life mm-hmm. meeting vibe. Yeah. And I grew, my dad was on staff with Young Life and so I kind of grew up around that. But I also, even then people would hang out after church, like here, um, people stand around talking after church and that happened there. And I really liked that. Like it didn't seem like a place where people would just come check the box and leave. There were at least a pretty large number of people that would hang out to the point where they're like, go, we got to clean up, go, go, go. (laughs) Um, so I, I really liked, I really liked that. And the first time I'd ever been around anybody who raised their hands in worship, we talked about this last night at prayer Mm -hmm. with Sharon Brush front left. And I can remember it. And I was like, huh, now, wait a second. Wait, 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 wait just a second. You said y'all were some of the oldest. Sharon, if Sharon and, and Walter were around, they, they had to be old. Okay. Yeah, we're okay. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, what, uh, if that was the first time you were around people like raising their hands, what, what denomination well, had you experienced most of that? I guess in that point? type of church, my parents would not have said they were anything in particular. Wherever we were, they would just kind of go and do they preach the word sure, of the community. Sure. So I had been to Presbyterian churches, Methodist churches, um, Baptist churches. Not a, not a whole lot of charismatic churches. going on, though. No. Not a ton. I mean, in college, I. I had experienced some charismatic stuff through some different groups, sure. but I was like, hmm, interesting. So, <laughs> yeah. I couldn't wait to meet her. So, but yeah, my first impression after I left the first week, I was like, yep, this is where I want to be. And uh, what about Jeff? He loved it. He absolutely loved it because there were a lot of people there that were younger and he's always drawn to younger people. And, um, and he just, he also kind of felt the community that people immediately, we're talking to us, engaging with us, and um, and so yeah, he he loved it. We never went anywhere else except for one weekend. He was out of town, and I went with a roommate of mine to a different church, and that is the only Sunday in twenty, however many years that I've wow. been somewhere else. Yeah, that's crazy. That weird? Yeah, but I just knew this was home. So that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I uh, I've often said like I'll the amount of time I've been here, like I've gotten quote unquote used to shades, like shades is my normal. Mm -hmm, Right. mm -hmm. And I forget that, that there's (laughs) difference in, in what we do and the way we do it and all of that. And it's when I usually go, I mean, Holly and I, both of our parents live out of town. Right. So we'll go visit them and we'll go to church with them. And it's only in those moments that I'm like, Oh, Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, Oh yeah, this is not what everybody does. Right, 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 right. So, both of you, when you arrived, kind of still more on that young life vibe, and obviously Shades goes through kind of like a change in, in, in approach and in the way the community looks and all that. So just describe like your experience of that. Was that really gradual? Was it kind of subtle? Like what, what was that process as a community kind of like? Or, or whatever you remember about it. Go for it. Anybody. <laughs> well, I'm going to interject something else because I'm not going to forget, but it's sort of along the lines. Sure, sure. Mike and I were on the committee to interview Mike Garrigan oh. when he came to Shades. 
and I was pregnant with Killen at the time. So um, we were kind of on the decision-making end of who was coming in. Right, right, right. Of course, when Mike came in, he um, he had other ideas about, you know, how to do church. And so it began to change. You know, it was still very youth-oriented, mm-hmm. very casual. But it, in my opinion, of course, I don't know, because you, you came in after me. I came in after, yeah. It was veering away from the Young Life mm-hmm. vibe. Sure. I mean, that was... Mike's main goal was community mm. and really growing a family. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, wanted to be casual and very friendly for, for those coming in. So I don't, I'm just trying to think the changes. So those were pretty sudden changes probably, they were, right? They were pretty sudden. Yeah. Um, yeah. It went from, yeah. It went <laughs> do, do you remember like any practical on the ground, like, specific things that changed like so this was how uh we kind of went for more of a community uh family vibe or any of those kinds of things uh well we did small groups i don't remember whether we did small groups before okay i yeah i don't remember but we did we did small groups um Personality wise, our original pastor and sure. Mike's personality were just very different. Right. So delivery, probably teaching style, all of that. Yes, yep. it was very, very different. Um, well, I've heard that Mike was very influenced. This could be wrong, but I think no, I've no, heard that Mike right. was very influenced by Eugene Peterson. And thinking about Young Life, think of someone that's like almost the exact opposite yeah. <laughs> of mm-hmm. Young Life, mm-hmm. just yeah. in regards to uh, planning a church, leading, pastoring a church, I would think Eugene Peterson. So that's yeah. just really interesting to hear you talk about that. Yeah. He just had so much more of a, a fatherly personality mm. versus yeah, yeah, yeah. a mm-hmm. hype, uh, you know, charismatic, not the spiritual charismatic, but right, the right, personality. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was just the tone because of the different people yeah, that makes changed sense. Um, yeah. pretty quickly. Yeah. What about for you, Part? Um, I mean, like she was saying, like a lot of that had already shifted when we came along and he really was very much a father figure and even specifically for Jeff and I in our life because we became friends with his kids and then we just spent a lot of time with Mike and Dottie and, um, and so, and, and I think that just grew over the years. Like there was a time when Mike kind of went through just like things were really hard and I think he wanted to give up and was trying to be relevant and be on the cutting edge and do this and do that. And then he went to the Leanne Payne conference and, um, I don't, some things really shifted after that. Um, but I don't know things happened. A lot of things happened gradually, like the way that our church is set up. Mm -hmm. Um, literally it's the space is that he didn't like, um, front and center, uh, like stage people, lines, rows yeah, and yeah, like yeah. pews like what kind of what you normally think of as yeah. church and so where it's like very starkly divided like yeah. here's the people leading right. stuff and, and here's, the here's like an audience and so, it feels like an audience and so that the kind of semicircle thing that we have started at the warehouse i mean we couldn't do that before that but at the warehouse that started and and then kind of the way that we did communion and the time and space um that that took up. So I don't know. I think just gradually even things within our space began to communicate that we were family, like you were saying. So is that, is the warehouse when, uh, you'll start doing weekly communion. Um, 
Sorry, I know we're asking a lot of really specific questions. I I don't think that we started. Or was that always a practice? No, no, no. It definitely was not always a practice because we would just do it like real random. Like in my head, I'm like, was it every fifth Sunday? And so maybe just a few times a year. Maybe, I don't, yeah. do you remember if it was ever there that we started doing weekly communion? I don't remember. I feel like st- it might have been here. I was here. trying to even think about communion at Shades Valley, the school. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't remember. Ever doing it. Ever doing it right. there. Which, yeah. which is pretty normal for, I mean, I mean, Shades is a part of uh, a free church denomination. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it's pretty normal in various free church traditions that you you do communion pretty rarely. It's mm-hmm. it's more of a liturgical thing to mm-hmm. do weekly communion. Um, and so, yeah, I was I was curious. It's kind of how that had entered into. And Shades I know history. we didn't have the round table before because that's one that John Hendricks found at an old Paris. Parisians, McCrays, or something yeah. that shut down. So we didn't have so, that before. So we mm-hmm. had John Hudson on. Oh. last week. Uh huh. Um, and interviewed him it. about the building oh, and the cool. process and all of that. And none of us knew. Like, I, I wasn't actually here for the interview, but I listened to it. But none of us knew that the center communion table was like a mannequin clothing yeah. display. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, totally. It's crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've moved that table so many times that I always wonder, where did they find this find table? McCray's. Yeah. But for them to look at that and to see, oh, this could be a communion table. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. the vision there is mm-hmm. just absolutely that was insane. That's great. <laughs> so, yeah. So what are, um, what are maybe some, uh, think back prior to coming here, because uh, because y'all land in the building in what uh, two thousand six well, is when it was purchased mm-hmm. yeah yeah um, so prior to that kind of whether you think in warehouse where what are maybe some just fond memories you have that could be as specific or as general as you want it could be about stuff that shades did or it could be about relationships or or anything I'm just curious what kinds of things come to mind well the hoedown was or a maybe big you have none and you can say no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Okay. The hoedown. The hoedown. hoedown was a huge thing. Uh, a member of our church, Robin Rosser, they lived out in a on a farm. Is this out. one time or annual? Oh, oh annual. annual. And it was a big, you know, we had the, the bonfires and the hayride. John Mark? <laughs> we got to bring back the hoedown. <laughs> yes. If it was, if we had a um, like a one of those pots where everybody brings a can of something and dumps it in there. Hobo stew. Hobo, yeah, just yeah. It's whatever. very 2021 Renee friendly. Renee Prescott used yeah. to be the one uh, in charge of it. It was a huge, it. like, cauldron yeah. kind of thing. No, wait, 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 wait. People just bring a random can of stuff. Yeah. yeah. And you just pour it in this big, did it taste remotely <laughs> that, decent? Did you eat it? It was good. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. insane. I want to do this. I want to do this so bad. And my they kids had bobbing for it. apples yeah. and, like, Was it like a, fall, a fall thing? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It was like yeah. it was. It originally started as an alternative to Halloween. For, okay, for yeah, sure, those sure. That mm-hmm. wanted to do something different, but it was just like a big party. Yeah, oh, yeah. The kids would dress up, and they had this huge like chest that they could go get candy mm-hmm. out of. And so it the was like, it was like Christmas was... spectacular, but <laughs> yeah. earlier in the fall, and, yeah, and bonfires and were bonfires, involved. So yeah. I love it. And so hay rides. and hay rides, Dan- dancing. Yeah. When I think hoedown, yeah, sometimes they would like have line a dancing? fiddler, and they would do. It depended one year. We almost broke a barn or something like that. The, they were like, we can't do that next year. We have to go to a different barn, a different building. Yeah. I, yeah. Want, so um, I, I've long said I want to do a Shades Valley dance party, <laughs> like hire a DJ to do a dance party. And, and the reason what makes me want to do that actually was uh, Adam Wonski's wedding reception mm-hmm. was basically a Shades Valley dance it party. Was, yeah. 
and it was a blast. And so this sounds amazing, though. So did y'all do like line dancing or like square hoedown dancing. dance, square, square dancing? dancing. Yeah. Some legit. Yeah. Yeah. Did people just know how to square dance, or did you have lessons? No. Like, well, how do you do this? I guess they showed think, us what yeah, to do I a think little they bit. Walked through a few of it and okay. do the steps, and then they call it out. Right, know, when you're doing right, do si do, and it was all really that. fun. It was we a lot. did sounds fun. We did a square dance in I think it was fourth grade in my school. Like they taught <laughs> it to us in PE, <laughs> and then we had a square dance of it. I very much remember yeah. that. I took square dancing in PE. That's awesome. Very good. That's all that's right. Awesome. So the hoedown. Anything else come to mind? I mean, we've got some great pictures if we need to trigger some memories here. <laughs> yeah, I know. I should have brought my pictures down. Like, I have them upstairs. Uh, we have some women's retreat photos. Oh and yeah. we have Oh, because always our women's retreats would be at, um, whose beach place were we at? Robin's? Robin's. Robin's. Yep. Robin Rosser's beach place. And they would pack so many people in there and... And there would always be people who snored really loud, and that was hard because it was all open. And then all the mamas with brand-new babies would be in this one, like, bedroom. And I remember one year where there were six or seven of us in this one bedroom, all with our babies. It was insanity. Oh, my goodness. um, But it was just really relational um, and just... The Rossers were really generous, and so we went there for our women's retreats and out to their farm for the other. And then I just, I also remember um, as a young mom, they had like a mother's play group. Or oh, yeah. um, like, and uh-huh. Dottie and, started it. Yeah. And so some of the older, older than you <laughs> ladies um, would kind of go to parks or people's houses, and then we'd just come and hang out and have help with our kids but also just be able to glean the wisdom of of these moms who'd gone before us and um and so that was also one of my favorite things and then the women's bible study that I, that met in the mornings oh, yeah. and we had child care and for years. that was awesome yeah. and it went for years and years it was really good I have funny random memories. Let's do what we're looking for. Well, oh, we did have communion because <laughs> See, David This ran, is how memory works. David Got out of his class when he was like one and a half, and he came running th- through the back door up to the communion table, grabbed a chunk of bread, and ran out. And then another time, Noah, sorry, was came in completely naked oh. <laughs> when he was three years old, <laughs> holding his clothes. Sorry, Noah, gotten, we didn't know, ask sorry, about this. Sorry, babe. Um, three years old, like carrying his clothes. Or two, he must have been two because he had just been potty trained and he couldn't get all his clothes back on and the teacher didn't know that. So she had let him go to the bathroom and then he came walking into the service and I was like, oh my gosh. (laughs) But anyway, so we did have communion because David stole communion. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite uh, communion memories. It's funny how everybody has good communion stories. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite ones is when we, we'd been at Shades but not for very long. Levi was very young and we had just started letting him take communion. Mm Mm-hmm. And he was, he was probably too young. Um, <coughs> but we go up to the table uh, one Sunday, and I'm there with my family. And I tore off pieces of the bread and handed it to everybody mm-hmm. with the intention of letting everybody dip their own. Mm-hmm. Well, in his brain, I had forgotten to dip his, <laughs> his piece into the juice. And so he tugs on my sleeve, and I lean down to him, and he goes, Papa. Papa, I want the sauce. <laughs> I need the dipping sauce. And, and that, that was the moment that I was like, we need to have some more conversations about communion before you do this. Sauce. I love it. Oh. Now, speaking of sauce, I've seen a picture where it looks like it, it's early on in the church's life and everyone's at a restaurant 
but Park, you're there. Yeah. And everyone's sitting around tables, and I can't tell what's going on. What is happening? It's where the Moe's... Like, right. yeah, it's right this, there. This I, I looked at it yesterday. Sorry, I'm pulling yes, up pictures I was trying to figure out what Sorry, restaurant is It was a restaurant that's over on Lakeshore. What was I it called? I don't know if I was Mike, at that. Mike knew somebody maybe who owned the restaurant, and he used to go there. And then we asked if we could have, like, a community night. Yeah, that's yeah, Jeff. Yeah, that's Jeffrey. Um, and, and so we all met over there, and somebody... Played the guitar, maybe AJ sang a few songs. There's like a couch and fireplace. Yeah, like it place. was it was a real laid back place, and that's why I'm sure it was Mike because he didn't like to sit in his office. He would like go to coffee shops and places all the time, and so um, I think that he had made a relationship with somebody there, and then we had this hangout night. If you want to see the pictures we're talking about, I literally just pulled up our Instagram page. There are all, where all, are you getting these from? Almost all I've those. been wondering. We 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 shot some. We, we know have people. our sources. We know people. Sources. Bar. Yeah, yeah. We shot some emails. I, almost, out. I was like, I should, I should post some. Um, oh. old I know. Pictures. I think I sent Mike a bunch when he retired. It, if know. you have them, and listeners, if you have them, um, like seriously, if you post any, John Mark's been hashtagging them all. Uh, SVCC turns thirty. Okay. So I if, will. if you hashtag them that way, then all the pic- the people can click on that and see okay. all the photos so fun. and everything. I wanted to ask you really quickly about uh, one of the pictures. Uh, from and so he uh, he posted these from it was Christmas, uh, Christmas nineteen ninety nine, and it's like this little pageant play, and I recognize a lot of the children, even though they're so small. Like I mean, that's Joseph and Mary Grace, and I recognize the Lee kids. But is this Ashley Armistead? It is Ashley Armistead. I knew you were gonna. Ask. Oh my word! It's the third picture, y'all. It's the third picture in the SVCC uh, Christmas someone needs, 1999. Someone needs to tag her. It's all these angels, and they're all little bitty kids. And there's uh, a young lady <laughs> up above them. How old is she? Do you know how old she is there? I mean, let's see if Adam. Adam looks to be about five. Oh, that's Adam. I didn't recognize I Adam. I think that's Adam in the front. Is oh, it's t- yeah. it's totally yeah, I was looking totally. at it last night. Gosh, how old is Adam now? He's so is that in the warehouse? I think Are those yes, this from is the yes, this is in the warehouse. Um, we had a Christmas little Christmas Gosh. pageant or play. Most I think we need no, to so ask. Now was, was that her, on Christmas? Was that on Christmas Eve? Twenty one. I don't think wow. so. Anyone we 22? need to uh, we yeah. need to ask Miss uh, Miss Armistead to reprise her oh angelic role. Bring it back. We should. You know how uh, siblings will do those photos for their parents, where mm-hmm. it's like from when they were all really little, but they'll repose it and they're all grown. <laughs> we should totally repose some of these photos. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. Oh my word! So yeah, no, I was just really curious. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's Ashley, but mm-hmm, I gotta ask mm-hmm. first. Do you remember so. we had the donkey for Easter? <gasps> yes, that, that I've heard. Bo this wrote on, and yeah. then it died Bo later. Was Jesus. Yeah. So set the story up. Tell us what's going on here. <laughs> well, it what, was what year is or, Jesus or, or, entering? Or what facility the are you in? Here, we were here. Mm-hmm. Here. So this is at Sunday, least two thousand six. Yeah, yeah. And it was right out under the um, on at Portico, mm-hmm. whatever you call that out there. And the kids, we just all came during the day, and you know, it's supposed to be for the kids and. So Bo, I can remember who rode the donkey. So wait, this was, was during the during a Sunday service or at another think, time? I think it was during not on Sunday. It's for the children, Brad. I, I didn't remember. I don't. I, I don't, don't trust think myself. It was on a Sunday. I'm I, just trying to pitch, like, think about pitching this idea to the staff. Like, okay, week but, b- week before Palm Sunday. Oh, oh, oh! We're gonna oh. bring everyone to okay. the church. But Bo, we're gonna have you but reprise your Bo. role. I yeah. do. Right on donkey. Um. Okay. So who I was in charge. I was in. Oh. It was the Darnells. John Darnell had a don- 
Wait, of was it his it was. Draw, his or the Rossers? I think I, I think it was John's. It was. But, the rosters are really coming but up strong I have been in this doing, story. Oh yeah, Shades <laughs> members, if any of you own a donkey currently, let us know because we're gonna we're gonna redo this. But the donkey died like a week or two oh, later. Oh no! <laughs> oh, no. Poor donkey. I, I did not know that. Yes, oh, it's all, and it's all Bo's fault. It's all Bo's fault. <laughs> um, I think it was when I was I was in charge of children's ministry and we were trying to act out different things mm-hmm. and so. Yeah, for some reason they let us they let us do this. Yeah. Where so, we so reenacted Palm so Sunday. So I have a question. Yeah. Did the donkey let Bo ride him? Yeah. Because so But he was struggling. So donkeys are notoriously difficult to ride because most donkeys now are not ridden regularly right. and so right. they're not used to it and all of that. <laughs> Um, no, I ask because, so the church I grew up at every Easter, they would do like a big Easter pageant, like play, like, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of reenactment of Holy Week and Mm -hmm. all of that. They, it was, it was huge production. I I grew up at a really large church and all Mm -hmm. that. And I remember the year they tried with the triumphal entry, (laughs) tried to have him ride a live donkey and it didn't work. Like they couldn't accomplish it. And the funniest part I remember as a kid is that they put a diaper on this donkey. Because <laughs> like, it was inside. Oh, wow. It's really, like a donkey-sized diaper. It's hard to imagine it being a, par- a powerful experience. The ambiance. Yes. Um, yes. yes. yeah. I'd be like, like mm, oh. okay. But, but so yeah. you had a lot of children mistaking Bo for Jesus after yes. this. And he had long hair at the time. Mm-hmm. I think he had dreads at the yeah, time. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Jesus with dreads. I like it. Yeah. I was about to say, doesn't Bo still have long hair? Well, it's long now, but he cut it off for a while. But, yeah. It was yeah. a little more unruly at yeah, the time. Yeah, it was. He still had dreads when I first met him, like down to his knees. Oh, yeah. 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 He, he cut them off not long after that, but yeah, it was very intimidating. And Bo's like the most not intimidating guy ever. But just he had this look with these dreads and he had sunglasses on. I was like, man, this I'm not cool enough to this talk is, to this This guy. is a bad dude. <laughs> <laughs> He's seen things. <laughs> oh, man. So, all right, so we got donkeys, we got hoedowns. We have a lot to live up to. Oh. We have yeah. a lot to bring back. We had drum circles. Oh, yes, yeah. the drum circles. JM, did you hear that? <laughs> yeah. He's gone. Oh, is he gone? He's gone. Is he has during? left his duties. Is he this actually, during the service? He actually, mm-hmm. the, the reason I yelled at him is because he actually mentioned the other day uh, how cool like a drum circle kind of thing was, and, and we joked about doing like a bonfire drum circle thing. Oh, it's so. been done. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So a drum it. circle during the service. Um, this was remember? at night. Oh, okay. No, no, we no, would no. do them at night, but one Easter. Yeah. We that had was a drum circle. That was after I came. That mm. was, that was a little different though. It was either. Yeah. The, I think it was the first Easter I was here. It was either first or second. I can't remember. Yeah, anyway. I was but here. yeah, we used to do them at night sometimes. Yeah. It was, it was fun. We also at the old building, not in church, but, um, there's Furnace Fest that's this weekend, this huge festival that this guy, Chad Johnson, put on. Okay. And he used to be right behind us. So behind the alley at the warehouse, he had a storefront. But before he had that storefront, Mike would let him have concerts at our building. And so there would be mosh pits and all kinds of craziness going on at that building. And yeah. then it moved behind us. But, I've, yeah. I've heard stories. Of, didn't he have... So Chad, I've never met Chad, but oh. I feel like I know Chad yeah. because I've talked with so many people about him. Didn't he have a skate park at one point? Um, or am I wrong? Am I remembering that wrong? I thought someone told me he ran a skate park at some point. And then started a recording studio and I don't all think, sorts of stuff. I don't think that... Okay, maybe I'm making up or I'm, I'm crossing well, stories. I want to know, Caroline, were you 
part of these mosh pits at all? Or? <laughs> no, neither was I. I didn't, okay. I was, yeah, Jeff I was right was. in the middle of it, yeah. <laughs> no. Now, now, so both of you have been at Shades long enough that you've raised children here from birth to launch. Um, so tell, tell me a little bit about what that was like having, because most of us in this room, I think, grew up in a little bit more traditional uh, church environments. And so, yeah, what was it like raising kids at uh, at Shades or where or what has children's ministry looked like throughout the years? Has it had its chaotic moments or, or, or other than, you know, streakers coming into the service <laughs> we heard about earlier? Aww. Well, I think Park was the children's Min- minister, min- whatever, <laughs> minister whatever for the longest that. time. But before pre-park, we, it was pretty loosey-goosey. We, um, well, I imagine at the very beginning, there were very few kids as young as you describe it. Yeah, being. that's true. I mean, they were, they rapidly began to be a lot of little kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was mostly just parent volunteers and throw together whatever you could. We didn't have a curriculum. We just sort of. Keep them alive. Yeah, kept them alive. <laughs> if you could think of Don't some, let them escape. some story to tell, you know, tell the story. Um, we, Gillen was, uh, there were like five little boys in Gillen's group who were little, I don't think this is about Hellions. I mean, they were <laughs> horrible together. And nobody was would, Ian in that group. Ian, Ian Elliot and mm-hmm. Moses, Moses and Gillen yeah. and this, Walt. Um, mm-hmm. Is this why you avoid children's ministry, Caroline? We've uh, you've well, now, some I trauma, participated some in the, the yes, nursery did. for years, but um, it, the parents we just had to continually rotate because nobody else would do that class right, because right, right. you just had to. And for me, Mike was always it's like you are coming to teach this with me because <laughs> there were they were just so high energy. It was, whew, it was a, yeah. <laughs> Gillen lost a sandal one Sunday because they were tossing them around and never found the sandal. I mean, I don't <laughs> know where. How does that it, happen? Who knows? I know. How does it disappear? But Trash probably can. somebody, <laughs> one of them put it, like, hit it, and then, you know, it was probably in, on purpose. But anyway, it was crazy. Um, well, you know. Oh. No, go ahead. Go no, ahead. no, no, you're good. Because I'm changing the, the question a little bit. So, Park, you go ahead and share, too. Or, Caroline, if you had anything else to say. Did you have anything else? Uh, I mean, that was the main thing. It was just before Park came, really, I, I believe Park was the one that came in and organized everything and started Godly Play. We just kind of, oh yeah, mm-hmm. we pulled it oh. together the best that we could. And the kids survived, and they were happy. Gillen's yeah. best friend is his best friend that he met at shades um awesome. he got his friend got married last weekend he was Gillen was the best man Aww. so um but yeah they just they had a good time together whether they learned a whole lot in the beginning <laughs> i'm not really sure <laughs> because i think like jan ballard she would try to pull yeah. stuff together and and we didn't have money for anything jan ballard any relation to the ballards i know yes so Jan and Mike Ballard are Brandon parents. Ballard's uncle, uncle and aunt. Yeah, because okay. I was about to say his parents, his dad's a pastor. Right, his dad's yeah. a pastor, yeah, yeah. and then um, this is his dad's brother, Mike Ballard. Gotcha. And so um, they were here, and she would kind of pull together stuff, but we didn't have a lot of money, so a lot of times it was pulling from used curriculum and doing this or that, and then 
Um, and then I think there Didn't was nobody for that's, a while. That's yeah. very odd for I know, right? Um, and then we didn't have anything for a while, and I would help. And then I, I just gradually started doing all the things. And so that's so <laughs> then, unlike you, Park. I know, right? Um, so I was secretary for a little well, while. I was about to say, really quickly, yeah. list the positions you have well, held at Shades Valley Community I was, Church. I was um, a secretary back before, like, our our office when we were at Shades Valley High School was actually behind... What is there now? Um, Sam's Deli, you know, in Homewood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So our office was actually behind there because we were meeting at the high school. So I was an interim secretary there for a little while. Um, I did children's ministry. I was secretary again at the warehouse. Um, Jeff and I did um, youth ministry. Um, Then... Just say know. everything but men's ministry. Clean. I think you could just say everything but men's ministry. Yeah, pretty much. 15, 15 years. Six, Prayer six, ministry. 18, 20. Yeah, something like that. Prayer ministry. Just we've, we've, been, we've been meaning to talk to you about senior adult ministry. <laughs> so, no. So when did, uh, when, I'm, did you have another question for Caroline? Or when, when excuse me, when did uh, y'all start doing like prayer ministry officially? Okay, so. Because, I mean, that's what I. Right. Y'all been doing that the whole right. time I've been here. So Sharon Brush started praying, well, who knows when she was born. But <laughs> Sharon Brush used to, at the, the warehouse, world. Jeff realized that she, because we would come and clean, even when our kids were really little, um, and we would put them down for their morning nap, we would clean, and Sharon Brush would be in Mike Gergen's office praying every week. And so Jeff started going and doing that um, with her. And then sometimes there'd be another lady that was there. And, um, and so they started praying, moved over to this building and I would pray. Jeff and I and Sharon and some other people sometimes would pray for people after church. And so this room that we're in right now was the first prayer room. So church would get over maybe around 12 and sometimes we'd be here till one thirty or two praying for people. And so then we kind of had to shift things, but I had to quit doing children's ministry because we would come and clean and then I'd get ready for children's ministry. And then I'd usually be involved doing children's stuff all the way through the service. And then afterwards, that's when we would pray for people. So it wasn't until I stepped down from doing children's ministry that we really started being able to come and pray, um, like more organized before church. Jeff and Sharon would still pray before church, but I wasn't involved in it then. So, yeah. I don't know. It was a long time. It just all happened organically. <laughs> it all happened. Yeah, it just happened. So, do you remember when the benediction be- became something that we was said at the end of every service? I don't remember exactly when. No, I remember it was important. Mike wanted to do it and mm-hmm. have something that we did regularly that was our, you know, kind of closing. But I don't remember. See, I can't even remember. Can was remember it here or were, there? I was about to say, can you remember if y'all were saying it in the warehouse? Because I know, I know Mike. One of the things I do know about the history of the benediction is I know that Mike would speak it over mm-hmm. the congregation, and it was actually in the period between when Mike left and, and me coming, when there wasn't a senior pastor, that it started becoming a thing that the congregation as a whole said. Right. Um. And and that's the way we still do it. Yeah. I I don't know if it started there or here. But I feel like sometime after that Leanne Payne thing is when he started doing that. So it could have been at the old building before we came here. 
it's such a, you know, I think one of the things that that people talk about with shades uh, is you know because it's non traditional. There's a lot of flexibility and you know not a lot of like sacred cows or, or mm-hmm. traditions and those kinds of things uh but there are a few things <laughs> and the benediction um, is one and, of and them. the benediction <laughs> is one of them for sure and I, it just holds such a special place within the community because not only is it there at every i mean we've said it um in the context of weddings in the yeah. context of funerals mm-hmm. um we've had artists do various renditions of it and mm-hmm. so one of the coolest things is uh you know um sarah nunnally did a uh did a, a print mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. And I see that print, like when I go to people's homes, yeah. like I see it. And Alex Gigantic. Alex Gigantic yeah. did uh, some prints of it. And, and those shirts, yeah. Uh, those Alex Gigantics were the ones we used on the coffee mugs. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just, it, it's one of those things that is like, this is a part of Shades. Mm-hmm. And this cannot be. I remember be being worried that you might take it away. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh Park. I mean, literally, I, I can remember thinking, think oh gosh. You did sort of take it away a little oh, bit. Oh, wow. What the accusations? And wow. then Defend with some suggestions from others, you brought it back. She's right, yeah. I don't remember that. Um, wow, do. we're going to have to open an investigation. <laughs> we are, we are. At Shades Valley. We are, I don't remember that. And now it Caroline changes just darts. during Lent Just during the Advent. seasons, yeah. Um, but I can remember being like, wait, what's, no, we can't lose that. (laughs) There are just a few things, and that is one of them. Well, well, it's so funny because uh, uh, if I did, you know how you'll have these things where it's like, if my present self could go back and talk to my past (laughs) self, like if I tried to do that, my present self would protest. Right, right, yeah. My present self would be like, what are you doing? (laughs) You fool. No, no. no, I remember the first time that it moved out of, or the first time that I know of that that phrase, that benediction moved out and was in Joseph's wedding, I think, maybe. Joseph Wonski's wedding. Yeah. Because AJ really wanted, or no, Joseph really wanted it. And then Adam wanted it, and I was like, here we go. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but anytime people hear it, they're Jonathan, like, this is you amazing. You said it at Emily's wedding. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It happens mm-hmm. a good bit at weddings now yeah. and funerals. And mm-hmm. yeah. So. yeah. So, we've gone some through Shades history and obviously as we think back through the years there have been a lot of things that have changed from building to leadership to a hoedown and a Christmas spectacular (laughs) so on and so forth but as you think back through everything to today what has stayed the same with Shades Valley through all the years does anything come to mind Yes. The grants have stayed we the night. Apparently. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's true. <laughs> Haven't aged or anything. There's your answer. <laughs> I mean, I think, of course, there's, for me, there's the core core people. I mean, of course, many sure. people come and go, but, right. you know, that there's always the Shades people for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and sort of the, the heart of Shades, it's just, it's very welcoming People seem to be able to come here when they're wounded or discouraged and be encouraged and uplifted spiritually. So many people say to me how welcoming Shades is. Um, so I think that that is stayed. It's just something about the the presence. Just walking in here, there's just a presence that though the people change. I guess it may be slowly spirit. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I think you're exactly right because there are some Sundays 
where greeters, for whatever reason, don't show up. And so I'll walk into the foyer. This is not saying anything about a greeters team, but, you know, maybe someone just forgot or what have you. And so we don't have greeters. And so people will come in like without anyone saying hey to them initially and will come in and sit down and be a part of a service. And what's so funny is at times it's people without being greeted at the front door or having a parking lot attendant, anything like that, they'll walk away saying, oh my gosh, I just felt so welcomed and so invited in this church. And that's when you know it's of God because we didn't even have greeters at the the front door. We failed on every level according to what you're supposed to do to make people feel welcome. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. 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 Maybe that's it. To affirm what you said. God just is like, Shades Valley is just going to really need me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to stay there and hang with them. No, it's it's so true because, I mean, I, I, I get to talk all the time to new people who've only been here for a little while or, and and, I mean that everybody always mentions that Mm -hmm. they always talk that way. And I I also remember one of the first things that kind of blew me away. I don't remember at what point, but I began to realize as I met people and heard their stories and all of that, I began to realize there was an inordinate amount of pastors kids here. Mm -hmm. It, it was crazy. Um, and, and Shades was a place, and often to, to, to qualify that, uh, pastor's kids often, for a, a lot of reasons, aren't huge fans of church and, and things of that nature. And um, it just, it, it's like, here's a church where pastor's kids feel safe. Mm-hmm. And that was interesting to me, very interesting. And, I, and it wasn't like a specific demographic. I mean, from um, pastor's kids in their 60s all the way down to just showed up at college. I'm PK park. Mm-hmm. You're a PK, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. so, um, yeah, I, but I just, I remember that to me, that was like a reaffirmation of yeah. Shades is a place of healing yeah. and a place where people can feel safe. And yeah, I definitely think, um, that a lot of that had to do with Mike's heart for healing, mm-hmm. that he just wanted internal healing for people. And because he had been through his own stuff, um, he, uh, grew up Catholic and then, um, I don't know, like he just, he just wanted Shades Valley to be a safe place. And he was a, he was a safe person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I definitely think that that translated. And the other thing is that we really do like to hang out one year. Um, I think, uh, several families ended up being invited to a young life camp, um, I guess the Ankenbrants invited several different families and like paid for them to come. And uh, Tony DeRisso was there and they were coming to Shades Valley at the time. And, and he walked up to Mike who was there and he said, look around the room. And it was after a, a young life meeting um, at this young life camp. And when you looked around every person that was still in the building one person in that group was from Shades Valley. There was nobody hanging around talking afterwards except for Shades Valley people. And not just talking to Shades Valley people, but talking to other people. And Tony said, this is the most relational church community I have ever been a part of. And so that is the one thing I think has always been true, is that that the people seem to really like each other and be around each other. So definitely the family thing yeah mm-hmm. i on more than one occasion and i typically take a picture when this happens on on more than one occasion a, a lot of people like to go to lunch afterwards 
uh, you know, uh, on a Sunday when, when, when restaurants are open and that kind of thing is allowed. <laughs> um, but a, a lot of people like to do that. And on more than one occasion, I've been invited by somebody, hey, there's some of us, you know, it sounds like five people. Mm-hmm. Some of us go into Purple Onion or wherever afterwards, and I show up. And the restaurant has been taken over, <laughs> and it's just shades. Shades Valley is, is just taken over the entire place, yeah. and yeah. and I'm always snapping pictures because I'm just like, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of my mentors from college said that a sign of a healthy church is that they have to get kicked out of the building oh, after awesome. the service, and so I do passive aggressively sometimes shut out the lights. Oh, yeah, so. I've done it too. <laughs> All right, people, talk outside, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. Have you? I've had this experience. Have you shut out the lights and people still stayed in the dark room? <laughs> totally. And I'm you just are like, all right, y'all are locking up. Totally. Face. I'm like, am I going to have to turn up the heat to 90 degrees <laughs> to get these people out of this building? This past Sunday, I leaned in the window and I said John, to John Kegley, you know you can turn off the lights or I can go turn off the lights. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. it's so true. It's so good. It's it's such a gift. Mm-hmm. It's such a gift. So I I had two random things that I wanted to to ask about before we close up shop. And and Brad, if you have anything left, you can as well. One is I continued to flip through pictures, and so this is a picture of uh, from a women's beach retreat, nineteen ninety six. So Park, I, you're right there, front center. I need to know <laughs> what age Park Stalk up am I looking at right here? Okay, if it was ninety six, I was twenty. 24-year-old yeah. Park Stallcup right there. That's funny. That's awesome. So that's you. There's Katie Garrigan. Uh, Sharon. Yeah, Sharon Ponder. Sharon is. Um, Joe. Yeah. I think that's everybody I know in the photo. Yeah. But uh, Katie Redpath. Yeah, yeah, right down here. Yeah, down there in the front. Yeah. yeah. That's that's, so that's awesome. Yeah. I've, I've had a blast looking at those. <laughs> so... Uh, my, when I think about things that, um, you know, are really important pieces of shades or defining pieces that have just been a piece for a long time and all that, I know some of them have developed over the years. Like they haven't necessarily always been there like weekly communion, but I can't, mm-hmm. I can't think about the way we do worship without thinking about that. Mm-hmm. And then benediction, things like that. One of the other things that I think about, um, is the four streams and just that language, uh, that was communicated to me very early on as being important and in, in, in a way of describing and talking about Shade's identity. Uh, if anyone's listening and doesn't know what I'm talking about, scroll back into some old episodes. We've done episodes before where we talked all about the four streams and what that language means, all that. But I guess, I guess I have two questions. One is just not necessarily the language of four streams, but that concept that Shades is a body where people kind of come from all sorts of traditions and backgrounds, and that affects the way that you worship together. Like, do you feel like that's something that you saw like really early on, or did it develop a little bit? And like, like when do you think you felt? Because Park, you even described when you first showed up, oh, somebody's raising their hands mm-hmm. in worship and mm-hmm. seeing like a charismatic expression. Mm-hmm. I was just curious because I know. Um, a lot of shades, uh, there was the Young Life piece, but there there was also uh, a Presbyterian background for a lot of people mm-hmm. right there at the beginning. Um, and I was just curious kind of when it became that mixed uh, body, just just so so much variety. They're both looking at each <laughs> yeah. other like, who's going to answer this? <laughs> I think it's always been a variety, but I don't know that it, um, like I don't know that I recognized it 
like sifted out so like that I could pinpoint it but you know for the longest time I didn't know that shades was an actual denomination I thought it was a community church I had never you're, heard you're of not alone free mm-hmm. yeah. so I, I mean it was years before I was like oh is there a denomination, <laughs> denomination? Yeah. That? um so I think a lot of people just came from a lot of backgrounds from the beginning just because it was set up to draw in you know, right. n- maybe non-believers or, and I think the, the vibe drew a lot of young people just because of the vibe originally. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I paid more attention to it as I got older and I noticed more of the, okay, these are the, these are the people that like it to be more traditional. These are the people that have got a little bit of the charismatic bent, you know, but that was probably. What, one of the unique pieces of our service is the sharing in the back half during worship was do y'all always remember that happening? Did that do you remember that developing at a certain point in time? Like open mic kind of open stuff. Open mic, bearing witness, Mike, body life, you know. Mike started that at the warehouse. Yeah. because um, I don't ever remember it happened then before the warehouse and not even at the beginning of the warehouse. But I felt like there were times where he would just Oh, like I remember times where he would go, I can't preach today. Mm-hmm. I don't like I think y'all are going to have to <laughs> kind of do this thing. And and he would invite people up. But I can remember crazy. Y'all, we have this weird thing that used to happen all the time where people who had never stepped foot in our church would show up on one of those Sundays and get up and say something. And we would have no idea who they were or what they were going to say oh, yeah. or sing. And, um, and you were just like, what in the world? Um, but I know it started over there. Um, but I can't remember specifically why. Oh, I, he just wanted to hear what was going on in the body. And, and he was, when he would preach, he would <laughs> like, I remember asking questions in the middle of his mm-hmm. sermon sure, sure. and we were smaller at the time. So that was easier, but that was just kind of his personality and so you could say, wait, what? Or I don't understand or ask a question or add to it. So I think it just kind of maybe grew from that. What do you think, Caroline? Yeah, he always wanted it to feel like a family, the, the church, mm-hmm. our, you know, the body to feel like a family. Right. And I think that was just one aspect of bringing everybody in to share and help grow the body. Yeah. You know, so and the yeah. older I got, I realized that's that's pretty trusting of the Holy Spirit because it's scary to just have it there and not know what's going to happen. Anytime I describe body life to any other Mm -hmm. friend in ministry, they're like, come again. Yeah. (laughs) They break out into a cold sweat. Oh, they do. And then when I'm like, yeah. And people get up and share in the testimonies on any given Sunday in the back half of the service. They're like, what? (laughs) I I don't. Yeah, yeah, it's, it is. It's, it's a, it's a very unique, um, it's a very unique thing. I tell people all the time because people will mention like, you know, there's, there's risk in that. You don't know what people are going to say. And I'm like, yes, but the beauty's worth the risk. Mm-hmm. At least that's what I and feel And I can like only I'm think saying. of maybe one or two times that Mike had to follow up something. Because right. I remember one time somebody <laughs> said something and I was like, ooh. And he just handled it really well. I don't remember what it was exactly. Uh, I wish we had a recording of that. I know, right? <laughs> we had... We did a we did a meet a member. Was it with Matt? It was with Matt Theus. It was when we did his episode, I believe. <laughs> Told the story about when someone got up and advised everybody to buy a gun. <laughs> oh, yes. I vaguely remembering <laughs> that. It was like everybody needs to arm themselves. Um, yeah. 
Fun times. Well, I think Shades, especially when it was smaller, we were such a family oriented that it was just kind of okay, even if somebody came stood up yeah. and said something a little off the wall. Nobody right, right, right. got to, they were just like, mm, okay, you know, and we moved on. It wasn't to, we just kind of let it roll on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I did want to say one thing about the four streams thing is that I, d- I definitely, because people came from so many different backgrounds and then, so I worked in the office and was around Mike Garrigan a lot, but he would talk a lot about not being an easily offended people. Mm-hmm. And he would oftentimes say, well, Park, you may not love sermons. You may love worship, but this person really loves the sermon or you know, like they like this kind of music, you like this kind of music, and we need to appreciate what fills people up. And so those are my words, not his exactly. But that's kind of what I came away with. And so I think the four streams, he really wanted to put words to that mm-hmm. in order to kind of help protect that. And there definitely have been times at Shades Valley where I'll realize, oh, my stream isn't as big right now, but that's okay because I can be excited about this person really enjoying their stream or their stream growing or, or, and this, this understanding that if all four streams are present, you have a much bigger chance of people growing in their ministry gifts um, because not everybody's the same. And so if they're around, if they're under good teaching, then the teachers in the body are going to be encouraged to teach themselves. If there's good worship, the people who enjoy worship, um, like they're going to grow in that. Like, I don't know, just just kind of those things. And I think he really, really wanted for the body at Shades Valley to not ever become homogenous. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why it became important to him to really put words to it. And especially when he knew he was leaving, mm-hmm. it became even more important for him to go, this is who you are. Don't lose who you are. So, yeah. Yeah. What, one of the things we talk about often in uh, worship planning uh, is that the, the four streams aren't static. Like it's not mm-hmm. like we ever reach this perfect balance mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, we've achieved perfect balance of all four streams. Nobody touch anything. We're yeah, great. Right. They're dynamic. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's kind of constantly this, uh, question to ask, uh, what streams loud right now mm-hmm. or big, what's, what's quiet or getting neglected. And, and it's just kind of this constant trying to keep your finger on the pulse of all of that mm-hmm. in order to do, um, I mean, I mean, ultimately it's up to the spirit and it's up to, uh, uh, you know, who he brings and all of that kind of thing. Right. But, but what can we do? Right. How like can to, you be mindful yeah, of what's and, happening there? And help there. preserve mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and all of that. Because I do think it's one of the things that's been so beautiful for me in my own experience. I think Brad, you would definitely say the same thing, uh, mm-hmm. in, in your own experience mm-hmm. is that we, I mean, I do come from backgrounds of very homogenous churches and to be a hundred percent honest, those churches are way easier to I was pastor. Say, I mean, <laughs> it, it would feel easier. And sometimes when I want everybody to be like me and like what I like, that does feel so much easier. Right. But then I remember, wait, no, the body is bigger than that. And yeah. I, yeah, and yeah. we just need to be who we are. Yeah, and and it yeah. is. It's such a beautiful thing that has stretched and grown. It's been good for my own growth. Like, it's stretched and grown me. Like, I don't think that... I think there are things in my own personal relationship with the Lord that would be lacking were it not for Mm -hmm. the presence of the body of shades, and especially those that are different Mm -hmm. than I. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So, Bradford, you got any? I, I, I asked all my questions. I don't have any. I don't have any more questions. Is there anything else that y'all would like to share? Funny, say, funny stories. state for the record. This is your. This is your last opportunity. There doesn't have to be, but I just wanted to throw it out last there. Last opportunity. No, we have to have. Uh, we so we've had Park on for a meet a member. We've got to have Caroline on because I got to hear more about security guard Mike. <laughs> And, oh. and different things of that nature. I thought no you were going to say what kind of eggs I liked. <laughs> well, yes, yes, we will want to know that. That's too. right. I'm yeah, not going right. to tell you now. Not, no, not today. That's for another day. That's for another day. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. Gosh. Any last thoughts? Any oh. final words? <laughs> Sounds like we're marching <laughs> them off to an execution. Little things kept popping in my head here and there where we're talking that. I mean, they're just like little bullet points, but right. you know that scripture's written all around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, in the building. And all the, in mm-hmm. the building. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, we actually, when we redid our house, we did the same thing oh. because it was, uh, that's cool. our kids really loved because they came in and wrote scriptures and stuff awesome. like that. And I think that's just kind of, yeah, kind of cool. Sharon was mortified that hers didn't get covered up because I was like, Sharon, she was like, I didn't mean to leave it on one. The, the that one wasn't that's covered. right out there. But the one right here that's not covered. That but I, <laughs> you know what I love about that, though, is it causes people to ask. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. you get to tell them, oh, that's actually everywhere, mm-hmm. you know, throughout the building. It's just behind yeah. everything. Yeah. So, yeah, that's awesome. Goodness, there's so many. Jeff reminded me last I mean, time. There's that only at one 30 of the cons- years to think that through. At one of the concerts yeah. at the old building that there were kids actually hanging from the rafters. So that was kind of fun. <laughs> literally, literally, literally hanging from the rafters. And we used to do crazy youth group trips because when Jeff and I did the youth group, most of the kids actually weren't from our church. They were... I don't even know where they all came from, but I'll just say it was Jeff. Um, well, Jeff and then John Tidwell were they before angels? him. They were here and then they're gone. I just don't like they were people whose parents either were not in church or were in other churches, but they just kind of flocked. And we would go on crazy trips. I'm like, why did they let me? No, why did they let Th- Jeff? Things could get in away charge anymore. of anything at at like I. I don't even know how those kids survived, but they did, and it was it was good. I mean, we went to Cornerstone Music Festival, like drove fifteen passenger vans there, and we're supposed to keep up with them in the midst of like thousands and tens oh of thousands goodness. of people. And I'm breaking out we, in hives we just hearing you keep talk up about with this. all of them, and I was like stressed all the time, and like we've got to find this kid. Have you seen this kid? When was the last time you saw this kid? It was quite <laughs> frightening, but really, really, really fun. Well, what's cool is, you know, we had John Hudson on last week to talk about the building. Mm-hmm. And then to hear y'all go back and tell stories about Shade's history, what just stand, what comes forward in both podcasts is just the body and how the body is such a vital part of the ministry of this church. The church has never been a body that pays the professionals to do the work of ministry and sits back as an audience, but rather... Uh, the body through their gifts and their talents and their various traditions that they bring in, all of it. I mean, it's it's what makes Shades what it is. And just like our building is eclectic and there are all these different parts, so is, so is our body. And what's been such an honor and a gift as being a pastor here is having a church that really loves taking ownership over ministries and services and and what have you it's just such a joy to be a part of and it at times it can be very challenging but having an eclectic body having a body with a 
bunch of differences and different opinions and different styles and so on and so forth. When it all comes together, it really is beautiful. And it really is an experience that shapes you and changes you and causes you to think about church differently, this community differently. And so I think that's always been, Shades Valley has always been about the church and the body and the members. It's not been about a pastor or it's not been a type of ser- about a type of service or hype or what have you. It's the stories of individuals that come and, and God uses for his, his purposes. So I, I hear that as, as y'all shared everything. It's, it's, it's so cool. Well, I think that probably about wraps us up. Thank you both for giving of your time on this afternoon to, to come in and share. And now I've, I've got probably like 50 million more questions I'm going to ask you like later and um, try and try and pull out some stuff maybe that you didn't want recorded. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yikes. But, well, thank you for listening. If you have questions for Parker Caroline, email us at midweek at shadesvalley.org. We thank you so much for listening. This has been another episode of Shades Midweek. We hope to see you on Sunday to celebrate the 30th anniversary of Shades Valley Community.